This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode 387. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up in this episode we are looking at a screener supplied to me from the Arrow player. It's exclusively playing over there just now. The movie is Hotel Poseidon. It officially made its way to the Arrow player on the 3rd of January. A non-spoiler review of that movie coming up after the first break, as well as loads of details about why you should be subscribing to content on that platform. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs. The penultimate episode of this week of podcasting, the first full week flexing them muscles back in the podcast chair. We've done a ton of things. I gave you my top 20 horror movies of 2021. We did the season finale of Dexter New Blood. I gave you your new assignment for Movie Club with our director that I'm very excited to be visiting twice in 2022 with Movie Club Action. And then, yeah, we're swinging into this one and tomorrow you're getting a little bit of that 80 Films Italian Collection series. So, on the Teapots Collective, you have a free week to enjoy all the content over here. So yeah, plenty of things happening over here. Enough to keep you busy. Right, we're going to take a very short break just now. Ladies and gents, you are going to hear promos for shows that I love. You are going to hear the trailer for Hotel Poseidon. When I return, I'm discussing that movie in a non-spoiler fashion, coming right up right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies? Meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher one of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style and i'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me the trilogy of terror podcast where we try three times harder to give you the willies Zeker doen, Dave. 
nauwe zielen gevoeld. En hij zat op een groot wit paard. In de vlammen van de hel likte zijn hielen. Met messen en hongersnood. En wel wat duist. Ik doe precies dat je een duivel hebt te zien, ja. Met ziekte en al de andere beesten op de aarde. Zit het af! Stilte voor de storm. De dood is geweldig. Wat valt er te zien, hè? Dat komt altijd veel te snel. Slaapt er nog eens een nachtje over? And welcome back. So you have just heard the trailer for Hotel Poseidon. This movie made its way to the Arrow Player on the 3rd of January 2022 in both the UK and the USA. Um, the movie itself is receiving a ton of praise at the moment. Screen Anarchy said, for a film that has truly not a single element of what most would consider cinematic horror, Hotel Poseidon is one of the most skin-crawling experiences of the year. Fred Central said, feels like an interactive fever dream that combines a theatrical experience with the stuff of nightmares. And the film stage would say, at its wildest, it's every genre mashed into one anarchic hallucination. Um, the movie has a synopsis as supplied from the Arrow player that says, David reluctantly pretends to be the manager of Hotel Poseidon, where fungus covers the walls and comments such as faded glory and has seen better times completely fall short to describe this establishment. He wanders the corridors of his personal overlook hotel like a zombie, being a passive spectator to what happens around him. Whether it's clients without cash, his mother castrating him with her sharp tongue, or the recently deceased aunt in the hallway whose pension kept the place going, David will gradually lose his balance and tumble into a waking nightmare in which his hotel is transformed into an existential purgatory. With inner demons on the booze, a lustful creature is tempting his lonely soul to sin and a big plunge into the proverbial metaphysical shithole, David can expect some strong comments on TripAdvisor. So, I requested this one after the press release actually, it wasn't the other way around. Generally they'll come to me and say, we've got some movies, is there something here that takes your fancy? Um, this is one that's been on the radar for a little bit. Uh, it was getting relatively good praise last year from some of the publications that I enjoy to read. Scores relatively high. I think it's up in the 80s, 80, 85% maybe, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so it's relatively well held in regard. And the word that kept coming out was um, Fever Dream and Lynchian. And of course, if you know me, which I know you do, listeners out there, you know two things I enjoy in my movies are Fever Dreams and David Lynch comparisons. So I was like super keen to see what this movie has in store. It's Belgian, um, and I believe 
from what I was reading earlier on today, it's from the Flemish part of Belgium, but I think the language you're speaking is German, and I'm fully prepared to be corrected on that one, but um, certain words I remember from kind of high school German that were being mentioned. I was like, all oh, right, I know what that means. Um, so it's, it is in German. It's not a movie that is reliant on a script per se. I, I don't think it, there was that much dialogue in the movie overall and not much that wasn't a repetitive theme or motif throughout. Um, and my other understanding is the filmmakers behind this had worked on kind of doing stage plays beforehand and that makes a lot of sense here. There is a kind of... Uh, a kind of sense of theatre about this um, in terms of how the characters, uh, their appearance, their makeup is is applied, but just generally the performances as well. Even the camera movement, to an extent, very much feels like uh, an audience in an auditorium looking down at a stage play. At its core, this movie is fucking nuts. Um, just like... A movie that is kind of predicated on set pieces of bizarre and ease and weird comedy throughout. Um, no character looks like an actual human being. Uh, the dialogue itself is quite strange. At times, most of the characters that you will meet have a weird quirk or something that just makes it off the beaten track. You know, just slightly to the left of normal whether it's uh, a neighbour to David, the, the guy that lives in the room next door to him, who just consistently watches Asian porn that you can hear through the walls. Um, a, you know, an, an aunt who we don't know how long she's been dead for, but she's kind of sat in the hallway motionless and no one seems to mind that. She's very, very old. A mother who seems to be... Our whole purpose in life is to demasculate, uh, demasculate her, her son, which she seems to do with relative ease throughout this movie. And then a, a, a kind of series of other bizarre characters kind of culminating in an almost kind of the gold room in the Overlook Hotel kind of ballroom dance, except it's a weird fucking rave. Um, I, I mean, to me, watching this movie just felt like uneasy and uncomfortable and if you were to ask me right now what I actually thought the plot was I would struggle to I can tell you what the beats of the movie are but I can't really verbalize what the movie's about except with following David kind of down the rabbit hole of weird experiences and interactions with other people it's it's shot really 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 well because the set design is fucking rank everything is horrible looking it's aged um it's uh, it's discolored it's covered in grime and mold and and other fluids that you know you can only hazard a guess um almost every interaction with a character like i said before who all look kind of like weird theatre people it's like everyone has like uh, one or two shades of white face paint on just a little bit too much or their makeup is over exaggerated and kind of running um every interaction is just weird no one speaks to another person 
normally. Uh, the barman is obsessed with putting out a spread that contains the retro 70s classic Volivons um, and at the same time determined to have an autopsy in his kitchen. It's just as these sort of things and as you kind of spiral further into the fever dream, the more disconcerting and more bizarre and at times more hilarious things get. I found myself chuckling at quite a few bits in this movie just at the sheer audacity of the movie to put something so bizarre and over the top on screen but like I say it's, it's a difficult one to come back with on a level of likability I can't say for any you know any strong feelings that I actually really liked this movie but in terms of the craft and the feelings I had evoked upon myself watching the movie it's it's a really good example of of bizarre indie filmmaking from a part of the world that we don't often nowadays anyway look at in terms of you know putting out the horror content i mean on paper this really isn't a horror movie but the feelings you get watching it are those that would be typically felt during watching a bizarre horror movie uh, Belgian horror itself has, you know, a rich history and a lot of Hammer ripoffs. To be fair, um, but the Fabrice Duelts, the director of Calver, um, is from that part of the world. So I mean, and that movie's fucking bonkers as well. So this feels weirdly like there's something maybe in the water there that's moving them all in that direction. Um, I, I really don't have anything else to say about it. It is a fucking bizarre watch, and I'll be honest with you, I can't in good conscience recommend this without a caveat of if you are someone that appreciates indie filmmaking, if you're looking for something that is just an uncomfortable watch and you don't know why you're still watching it, unable to take your eyes away from the screen, then Hotel Poseidon is, is one that I would say check out. Um, like I said before, it's, it's streaming on the Arrow player. I think Arrow will likely put it out on Blu-ray sometime this year. Um, but you can you can go across and check it out there. Just now is available for you. And in terms of a score, like I say, it's difficult to score stuff like this because you don't really know how you want to kind of come in here because all my scoring is predicated on feelings. And this movie didn't necessarily make me feel great, but I like I appreciate the craft. So I'm going to come in with a 3.5 out of 5 for this one. I would say if you're someone that is really interested in cinema, please check it out. If you're someone that's looking for something very narrative, A to B to C, um, and something that will give you a linear story, then maybe skip this one. However, you should be checking out the Arrow player. It is, it's been killing it and they have a ton of stuff coming up in January for all y'all out there to check out. Here this lineup for January, um, you have obviously Hotel Poseidon, but Shock, which has been released on Blu-ray this month, the, the kind of last credited film on Mario Bava. Uh, Helga, She, Wolf of Stilberg and Vampira are all released on the 3rd of January. The 7th of January, Cold Eyes of Fear and Semnoid. Prey and Deadly Games, so you're getting a couple of Norman G. Warren ones in there. Uh, January 10th saw The Day of the Beast, Perdita Durango and The Mangler. So The Mangler just been released recently on the old, uh, old Blu-ray 
uh, over in the UK, but Perdita Durango and the Day of the Blaze got 4K restorations from, I, w- I want to say it was Severin last year, that I've started to pick up. Uh, both those movies are fucking wicked by Alex D'Iglesia. Uh, January 13th, you get the phenomenal documentary. I say phenomenal, not seen it yet, but every review is stroking this one off hard. Uh, still ticking, The Return of Clockwork Orange. January 14th, you get Red Angel, which is getting a physical release. Terror, which is another Norman J. Warren movie. Cradle of Fear, which is that movie that stars Danny Filth. Let's skip that one. Children should no- uh, shouldn't play with dead things. Bloodbath and the House of Death and the Devil's Nightmare. And then finally on January 17, you get Casting Blossoms in the Sky, Seven Weeks and Hang a Tammy. Uh, so yeah, tons of stuff over there for a reasonable price as well, ladies and gents. Um, arrows available in the USA, Canada and the UK and Ireland on the following apps and devices. Roku, that's all Roku sticks, boxes and devices. Apple TV and iOS devices, Android TV and mobile devices, Fire TV, which is all Amazon Fire TV sticks and boxes, and on all web browsers at www.arrow-player.com. You can get a 30-day free trial, and then subscriptions after that are either $4.99 a month, that's dollars and pounds, or $50 or pounds for the year. I'm going to take my final break. When I come back, I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode 387 with a review of a screener i got from the arrow player of hotel poseidon a truly bonkers experience for anyone that wants to put themselves through it there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs wherever listeners right now hit subscribe that we get the show times when they drop access to the entire back catalog of teapots content we have a sister feed called the teapots collective where shows like opera omnia doing the nasty where to begin with and a little bit of chronicle exist Subscribing to that feed and the podcast under the stairs feed is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. You can, of course, instead of subscribing online, jump across to our website, tputscast.com, and get links to all the shows there. There's also a link to another show, which I didn't advertise in the first part there. It's called Jaws' Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. It's a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott Liam from Scott Liam vs. Evil. We drink too much on that show. We talk about terrible life choices. We do weird news stories from around the globe and do your listening emails live on air. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on teapotscast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with us over there, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast will get you the podcast under the stairs. There is a page for the Teapots Collective which is just simply facebook.com forward slash teapotscast. For those that want to do a little bit of the legwork and check out the Jaws of Shite and other regrettable outbursts Facebook page, it is full of mucky shit, I'll be honest with you. And that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you're on Instagram and Twitter, shunning Facebook and you want to interact with myself and Baz over there on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, you can do that by checking us out at teapotscast.com. The podcast under the stairs returns to your feeds tomorrow with another instalment of the 88 Films Italian Collection. We're looking at the nun and the devil. That'll be coming your way tomorrow. So until then, wherever you are, where the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. <laughs>